Hey there and welcome to the Tim Waxelbaum Show. My name is Tim Waxelbaum and this is episode 48 of the program. This is a series of podcast episodes recorded by me at my home in my house in this great state of the United States, in one of them. In one of the great states of the United States. Oh, as you could say, if you're watching the video version of this program, I am not using a green screen this week because there's a little bit of a bug problem in my house and I just don't feel like having a bunch of fabric around me that could potentially have a, you know, venomous, eight-legged fucking asshole... Let's not even call them assholes. Fuck them. They're not even worthy of personification. Call them a... You know what? I'm just going to call them by their freaking species name. El Reclusa. Those fucking El Recluse cars. Cocksuckers. Um, are still... Uh, yeah, that's why I'm not using the green screen. I, I, I don't have to really go down a deep uh, rabbit hole on that subject so far. So you can see a little bit of my house. This is what my house looks like. Uh, hey, I wasn't lying. I'm in a, I got a, it's a house. Not a lot going on there. There's a couch. There's a couch behind me. And an armchair. And, and they're both the same color. And that's about it. I should get some art. Uh, yeah, I'll get some freaking art. Anyway, also, for the first time... Hey, I decided to switch things up a little bit in a different way, too, in addition to the green screen. I'm also standing during this episode. Who the hell does a podcast standing up? I don't know. I've never seen it before. Uh, like, I guess I've the closest I've seen to that, I've seen a live podcast where the host started out the podcast... By doing a little bit of stand up. So never mind, that doesn't count. That's not, that's not podcasting. <laughs> that's so this is the first time ever that anybody out of the millions and millions of podcasts that somebody's done it standing up. And I think I'm gonna do but also, does it really count as standing up if I'm pretty much the same height as somebody who's sitting down? Not really. So let's, you know, I guess that's why it's a little bit easier for me to get away with that. Because, like, if I was, like, six foot seven, it takes a lot of work to balance out that much mileage on your fucking body. On your fucking elongated, tubular, fucking pile of connection limbs with a weird, with a... Okay, see, have you ever seen, like, a giant... Like a six foot eight plus motherfucker. You know, that's about the height where people start to look like giants. I'm glad that I'm a munchkin. I'd rather be this and look at least not like a freaking giant. Like when you see like a dude who's like seven foot eight and he's bumping into shit on, the, on sh shit that you're not supposed to even be able to reach by jumping it they, they just bump they just hit their head they just walk into like pipes and shit and i was looking at this tiktok of this t dude and he's just giant but he looks like a norm like you know the only thing about him is that he's so big that 
Even if you don't, you don't even need to see him compared to anybody to know that he's big because his features are so enlarged that they just require, like, it's a different perspective that causes, like, this weird feeling that you're looking at a creature instead of a human. Because, like, their eyeballs are, like, like, they're freaking huge. Like, like everything, like, anytime they do anything, like, they just, they're just walking, they go, oh, I got something in my eye, and then you, as a normal person, is looking at this thing, going, like, for you, it'd be nothing to just scratch your eye, but they just go, and you just see, like, dude, there's something unnatural about that, huh? It's like your jaw, it's like, you gotta, like, exert so much calories just to like live you know or else they just rot away you gotta eat more calories if you're six foot nine because otherwise you're gonna just be too you know skinny you gotta keep up a lot you gotta i mean that's just common knowledge that's just basic nutritional math yeah so if you if you i don't know I'm not jealous of those people, man. Those big motherfuckers that gotta eat like 6,000 calories just to not be underweight because they're so fucking tall. They gotta eat like four burrito bowls from Chipotle every day. Just thinking about this. It's freaking appalling, man. I don't even eat any Chipotle burrito bowls anymore, man. I used to eat like one or two of them. Yeah, you know, I would polish one or two of those per day, like, and that would probably maybe fill me up for a whole day, maybe not. But I don't have Chipotle anymore because that place isn't that that exciting. You know, there's better places. Uh, Tex-Mex, I had a taco place earlier, our tacos earlier tonight. And it was on a blue tortilla. I've never even seen, I've never seen that before. They got blue tortillas. Anyway, it was good and, uh, I don't know. So it's been a good, it's been, ooh, it's been a big week for me. I, uh, how, how should I start? What's the biggest, what's the topic? Okay, usually I just run through topics that I've been touching on in previous sodes. And doing like an update on such topics. So that's what I'm just going to do for this episode. It becomes easier the longer you do it. You have, you could fill time by repeating the same shit over and over. Just be like, okay, remember how I said I was doing this? Well, I'm going to talk about it again for about 20 minutes this time. Okay, another new thing is I got this freaking fidget cube because it's 2015 again. Yeah, all of a sudden it's the year 2017 or whenever these are huge. Um, the reason I got it is because, uh, you know, I just discovered that I have ADHD. I just found out I have ADHD. Um, I was diagnosed with it about 18 years ago, uh, but I just found out I have it because I forgot. That's what happens. Uh, like, you know, it was somewhere in the back of my mind, deep down, not even, the, not even in the back of my mind. It was somewhere buried uh, in my brain, but not in my mind. Like I wasn't thinking about it. It was just in my memory bank. Like, yeah, I guess I had ADHD as a kid. I was diagnosed with that. 
but that's all I ever, like, I didn't care. Like, I didn't ever really uh, take it seriously. I still kind of am skeptical, to be honest, that uh, it's a real thing. I mean, it's a real thing. Like, people definitely have, I can't, actually, if you believe the theory that it's caused by, like, some just uh, deficient, like, something about your brain is just not able to generate as much dopamine as other brains so who cares of what the cause is or what the actual mechanism is it's a it's it's probably a real thing um but you know or it could just be a form of autism that involves not wanting to do anything with your life because you don't believe in that it's worthwhile or and you just don't have the executive function which is a fancy word for uh for just wanting to do shit and being able just like it's not that you don't want to it's that you physically can't because it would cause it would take so much exertion more than the average person to do any pretty much any given task except for jerking off taking drugs we're good at that and overeating and did i mention sex yeah we're good at that. We're good at impulsivity. We're good at putting out fires. Uh, like, you know, we're good at being like first responders, like in an emergency. Yeah, we're, we're good in emergencies because that's fun. That's like a drug, you know? It's like, oh, someone's getting shot right now. Oh boy, what do we do? Fight, you either fight, you either pull out your gun and shoot it back, or you get the hell out of there because I don't think you have any other option if you don't have a gun. If you have a knife, maybe. You could charge at him with a knife. So anyway, executive function is, uh, you know, just the ability to do fucking shit. That's it. It's like, okay, I want to do this. I got to do this. I, it's important. Uh, so, but it's uh, like, for example, like, I'm talking about ADHD people. We, uh, we, we look at tasks we don't, it doesn't matter how important they are or if we want to accomplish these tasks. Um, it's, a, it's just uh, we can't if the task is not super stimulating, man. Like if it's not like every bit about it gives you that dopamine, that feeling of novelty. Of like, oh, this is new. Like, this is interesting. Okay. If that's not every single task that we ever do, it's probably not going to get done. So that's why ADHD people have, like, shit piled up all over their house, all over their car. My house is clean because I just... I don't like that. I don't like having clutter because that would just make it even worse, you know? It's easy to accumulate clutter. Uh... So, you know, I've, at least I'm not that severe, but and for, I have pretty bad problems. Like, for example, I have not been able to take out the trash consistently. There's, I, I miss many weeks of taking out the trash because I just can't bring myself to, to uh, set an alarm to take it out in the morning and then bring it back in like eight hours later because the uh they take forever and sometimes until the next day so it's a two-day process two-part task gotta go out there 
I don't know why it's hard, so hard. It's because it's really the, one of the easiest tasks, one of the easiest household chores is to take out the trash. For me, it's pretty hard. And same, same goes for pretty much any other task. This podcast, for example, used to be pretty hard to get myself to do, but once I started, it's like, okay, I built up, I got into it, and it takes a while to get into it sometimes. Uh, right now, this one actually, I, 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 I had a day of today that was very up and downsy, I guess. So like I started, uh, I had to do the most boring errand, and it's not that it was stressful, because it would have been stressful if I was not on uh, speed. But it was still like, ugh, I don't want to do this. Like, I'm doing I'm doing it. I mean, I got to do it. I'm getting it over with. But there wasn't that dread of like, ugh. Because um, I'm not good with uh, situations that, that involve uh, newness. and uh, I don't know. It wasn't that big a deal. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my cat, my matter. That's how I'm going to pronounce it from now on. I'm not even going to pronounce the I. I'm just going to say Miata. Yeah, I got a Miata. Yeah, so it, it, they got they replaced the ga- or the oil and they rotated the tires. It drives like it's brand new. When I turn on the, the uh, thing, when I turn the car on, it makes a cleaner engine sound than it did before. So that's good. It's very fun to drive. And I'm going to probably drive it in sports mode more often than not because it's safer to drive to have a little bit of extra acceleration at your disposal because you really need to be able to sometimes quickly accelerate if you're like in a tight lane that's being merged into somebody else's lane and you don't realize like oh shit i gotta speed up or else i'm gonna get caught up cut off the road and that would be bad you, you, like if you're already kind of at that point where the the, the 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 lane is merging into somebody else's and you're just realizing it, yeah, you got to make a quick decision. You, usually slowing down, that would be a bad idea because you'd be blocking the other car at that point if you're already in their lane a little. So you have to speed up. That's usually the best case. Best thing to not piss people off behind you is just speed up. Especially, and if you're just changing lanes into the fast lane, you want to speed up to the fast lane. Either way, it doesn't matter how fast you're, you're going. People's, there's going to be somebody right behind you riding your ass because this is Texas. And everybody's the main character. If you're in front of me, you're a problem. You're evil. I mean, I'm the main character. So if you're in, if you're in front of me, I'm going to get right on your ass. Um, so yeah, it's about 40%, probably like, yeah, I'm being a little bit generous. It's probably more than that, but yeah, about 40% of drivers in Texas should not be allowed to be behind a wheel. So they're not a safety, they're not safe to be around. Uh, I don't even know if they're even on drugs or on alcohol. I think they just don't know how to drive and they just don't want to know to be a good driver. They don't care. They don't have any concept of like other people or the protocol or like safety. Anyway, so the Mata the is good. I don't want to t- drive anywhere because that involves being around people that could ruin my day or l- ruin my life. Uh, 
So I, I kind of uh, hate driving now. It's not that I hate driving the car. The act of driving is pretty nice. If you're alone on the road, come on, that's awesome. It's the fact that I got to share the road with like people who, who I wish died from COVID. Unfortunately, it wasn't strong enough of a virus to kill enough people for me to be happy. Yeah, like I like it should have killed at least 30 million in America, not the whole world, just in America, 30 to 50 million. And then the roads would be a little better because that would be mostly like the top, like the worst drivers would have been the ones that would have been killed probably. I don't know. So so I hate fucking driving, but you have to because I live in Texas and this is not a place that has like socialism at all. There's no like, okay, we're all going to pitch in and build, you know, contribute to like a fund that buys a metro system or like, you know, like trains, you know, like buses and all that. Now, it's all just one commercial, it's all just one uh, government-led, I don't know, corrupt fucking entity that just does nothing but, like, the only infrastructure we have here is roads and taller roads and wider roads, uh, so many types of roads. That's the that's all, that's the one type of infrastructure is roads. So that's it. We don't have like water treatment plants. We don't have police. We don't have like a nine one one dispatcher. The only infrastructure here is roads to get somewhere that has what you need. That's not Texas. So it, it's uh, but I you know that said I can't complain because I wouldn't want to be where it is walkable. The only place that's even remotely walkable is like downtown, like just a sliver of downtown, just like the most dense part of the whole city, and it's hellacious. Nobody would want to walk around that place. Are you kidding me? Without a gun, definitely not. But even with a gun, it's like I, you could get hit by a car just by walking with the street sign, with the uh, walk sign. Somebody's just going to turn into you. They don't, they don't like consider right of way. No, they're in their car. They are going to get to where they're going. They're not going to like make way for somebody else. So that's Texas life. And also, yeah. Austin is a hellhole, man. That place, a lot of fucking bad, like, not bad in the sense that they're, like, evil people. Just bad, like, as in, like, failures. That's what they're called. That's what they are, failures. Anyway, but it is a good city because it's so accommodating. It's in the same way that it's... For the same reason that it's bad, it's also the reason that it's kind of attractive to certain people is because they are so non-judgmental here. You could literally just be like a freaking dude just wearing a diaper, walking down Congress Avenue and just like being a weirdo, or just being like being home, like being stereotypically 
Um, that's the good thing about this city is that you could do whatever, anything you want in terms of express expressing yourself. You know, you can't just like, you know, shoot people or have like radical opinions. You can't be like a Nazi, but uh, you could be a weirdo. So that's why I'm still going to stick around for a little bit. Also, there's industry. There's like some industry here for like show business. Like if you're even a little bit better than average. Um, actually, does is that true? Better than average? I think you have to be a lot better than just average to get somewhere. I guess what I'm saying is average here is really, really bad. Like bad, like no, like the average person who comes here to pursue showbiz is worse than anywhere in the country. There's more talented people in Bismarck, North Dakota than Austin, Texas by uh, per capita. That's because Austin attracts a certain delusion that is unparalleled. This place, for some reason, has more white rappers than anywhere in the world. And just by not being a delusional white rapper or female comedian that plays really predictable corny songs on a guitar if you're not if you're just a 10 times better than that which is not hard to be you will go far if you're just like 50 times better than that which is so easy to accomplish just go to just believe in it just like don't be of an i don't know i guess it is hard for most people because that's why it's the way it is but that's because of the delusional fact. If you just reduced all the delusion and took away all those fucking losers, <laughs> there'd be like 12 comedians in the whole city. 12 actual comedians that are not just like chasing like some pie in the sky. Like, oh, they, I saw someone on TV do that and I want that to be me. And so that means I guess I am capable of it since I want it so bad. And it's not, I mean, nobody's ever told me I'm good at anything, but uh, that's not going to stop me. Why would that stop me? So if you're not that, if you're actually just a tiny bit talented in the in a real sense, people will be like, unless it's like, I guess they're actually, I guess I'm only talking about stand-up comedy. I'm not talking about music because there's a lot of mediocre musicians here that are and by mediocre, I mean like pretty good. Like they're pretty good. They could carry a tune and they sound pretty good. Like they have a developed voice a little bit, a developed play style. They have a couple cover songs that they do. They're like a lounge act. That's pretty much everybody who lives here. Everybody who lives here could get away with being a lounge act because they're just, for some reason, the level of musical talent here is pretty high. But for comedy... Yeah, there's about 12 people who are on the right track. There's like about 12 people who are not lying to the, themselves. <laughs> like, they, like they're actually like, okay, yes, you you are not wasting other people. You're not wasting 
you're not just a seat filler. You're not just dead weight. You're actually contributing something to this art form. Or at least we see that there's something in you. We, like, at least, like for me, they saw that there's something, there's some like potential for something. I don't know. I think, yeah, you know, I have a long way to go before I um, could say that I have established myself here. You know? Or anywhere. Like in Chicago. Who gives a fuck about. Yeah, I was never established anywhere else. I was respected in a small. Like. But that's a. That's the most pretentious. I guess it's not that pretentious because. 99% of people who pursue stand up don't ever get anywhere. They don't ever, like, become professional. Let alone like famous or whatever, like let alone rich and famous like Tom Segura. Uh, pretty much ninety nine percent of them will not become working comics, and I am part of that statistic. I'm part of the ninety nine percent. I'm just doing it. I look at it as a hobby, and I used to actually kind of be a little bit. Uh, uncomfortable with that, calling it a... I used to take issue with that because that hurt my ego to just be like, yeah, just a... How dare you can call this just a hobby? I'm going to be fucking... This is... you kidding me? This is how you become the most important, relevant thing that'll show up on uh, Yahoo News or some shit. You'll be knowing who I am. What are you talking about? Hobby. This is like the coolest... This is something that you wish you could do. So anyway, I actually got a little bit soft. I softened up a little bit, my ego. And and uh, now I actually only look at it as a hobby because it costs money. And that's it. It's a thing you do for, for pleasure to get better at, but it costs money. And, and so it will take a long time for it to pay me back. To break even on all the Ubers that I've spent, I've spent who knows how many tens of thousands on Ubers just going to open mics to sharpen my ability. But the reason it's not pretentious to say that, oh, people respected me. As gross as that is to say, there is some merit to being one of the funnier people in a comedy city, like especially a big one like Chicago. That's one of the biggest comedy cities. So if you're one of the most lauded, like, okay, he's one of the funnier ones, like just being one of the, f being accepted, even just as like, even like just funny at all is so fucking like, you can't take that. I can't take that shit for granted because... So many people never even get there. So many people like fucking bang their heads into the fucking microphone for 20 years and they just get older and older and look sadder and sadder and they never figure out that they're not funny. And I do take it for granted that I'm funny sometimes. Like this professional comic once I was hanging out with, I was like super drunk, but like, I don't, even, I don't even remember what I said, but he was like, hey, that's funny. As if I like needed to be, t like he didn't laugh. He was just like, oh, that's, that's funny. And I was just like, yeah. So, so anyway, like I just moved, like it's like, dude, 
how fucking like patronizing you think just because i'm not like on jimmy fallon or whatever fuck talk show he was was, jimmy kimmel just because i don't suck his cock i don't know what what a a fucking joke i don't know how to fucking make a joke it's like yeah oh funny oh just because i'm not part of the fucking business because i'm not successful at, at the thing that i am trying to do oh that means you could just talk down to me anyway uh so there is something to be said for just even just being good at it like who gives a shit if you're not like even just who cares like even just doing it for fun is kind of worthy of an ex- of, of an experience uh, because if you're really good at it which uh sometimes i, I kind of feel like i am when I'm really like locked into it, it's so rewarding that you, I mean, it's just—it's just like you don't really care about the money, and and also you sh- there isn't, so you shouldn't care about what there isn't any of. The most I've ever gotten paid for a comedy gig—I don't remember. Two figures. It's in the two figures. Okay. Um, does that mean I'm only worth uh, twenty dollars? Well, yeah, right now, the market, yes, that's what I'm worth to the marketplace. But if, but I have the potential, I know, to become a true, you know, act, you know, like a professional. I know that it's somewhere in me possible if I worked at it. And we're, you know, I think that kind of bleeds into the main theme of the past few episodes and also the topic that i already started talking about which is executive functioning and adhd the ability to carry out actions that you want to do but you just can't because it causes so much fatigue like just to get out of bed and take a pill and go back to bed just to get out of bed so any little thing, it's like excruciating for us. Um, so it's not about wanting to do something. It's not having the power to do so. And so the solution for ADHD is some sort of treatment that, you, that usually involves pills. And we'll get to that soon. Let's go on. Let's just continue down with the uh, topics at hand because this is a very pre-planned episode. I have a lot of things to cover. This will be a long episode, and we're still in the intro, and that's kind of weird. Okay, first update of the freaking thing. Sober update. I am uh, not sober. I'm doing, a, uh, I'm doing Adderall. Uh, but I'm still sober from alcohol. It's going to be about one year next week i'm a week away from one year sober from alcohol when i crashed my tesla model 3 on the highway and in the, in the middle of the night i think it was like 2 a.m or some shit and i just left it there nobody got hurt the car didn't survive unfortunately and i got a new one that was the supercar that i've talked about about a thousand hours worth on this episode on this podcast so anyway i'm I'm about a year sober from alcohol and that's good i don't think i'll ever go back to alcohol because i got adderall now and that's way better to abuse so anyway so the recluse update i know that this is probably the topic that people are going to skip 
forward the most of, unless they just have a fascination with, with uh, pests and spiders and, you know, creepiness and the uh, venomous, you know, shit that, I guess that is kind of interesting, but, you know, it's also kind of gross. So I finally pulled the fucking trigger on hiring a pest control expert for the inside of my house. I already have one for the outside. They, I got a guy that comes every quarter to spray for like mosquitoes, but not the inside. So what triggered me to finally pull the trigger on this is that uh, there's still a lot of uh, juvenile brown recluse appearing in my house. Not, none right now, none at this very moment. I don't see any at this very moment. It's possible that I could, because this is the exact time of the night that they're usually out. Uh, and uh, last night, or two nights ago, I guess, I stumbled upon one just as I was putting my shoes on just over there, and uh, it just kind of flopped out, just kind of appeared. I don't know if it came out of the shoe. I think it may have been in the shoe. Not sure, though. And it was, uh, you know, instantly I knew it was a fucking brown recluse. Didn't have to look close. I knew it was a spider, and it was, you know, course it's going to be our brown recluse because uh, that's the main species that is inhabiting my house and i am pr- getting pretty good at recognizing what they look like and they're getting bigger they're getting big enough where it's pretty easy to tell that that's what they are so i hired a fucking uh pest guy and he came by and he was like oh man this place is so out of the way i don't even know where the hell i'm going it's like yep not sure how that's my problem. I live where I live, and you're the closest, best-rated company available to me. So, come on in, buddy. So anyway, that was, it was not that awkward. That was not the bad part. Um, the only thing about it that I sh- probably should have been a reason to not hire him is that he thought the thing was was dead. The one that I showed him is right over there. It's on a glue trap, and I I had to catch it manually. I didn't wait for it to walk on it. I had to put it in front of it and, you know, kind of coax it on it. And then it immediately got stuck and it stayed there until the next day. But that doesn't mean it's dead. So this dude immediately, like, picks up this living brown recluse, puts it on my counter, which I was not particularly comfortable with, but that's, you know, I wasn't going to say anything. Uh, And he's looking at it for, like, a solid fucking 45 seconds and it's the most silent awkward it's like okay so are you gonna say what it is are you gonna tell me that it's a recluse because i was like yep this is it and he was just staring at it trying to take a picture of it and i was like so what are you doing are you identifying it or documenting he was like well first i'm trying to identify it because it look i can't really tell it looks like kind of like a wolf spider because the legs are all smushed and scraggly and I was like, yeah, it's, nah. <laughs> nah. Yeah, wolf spiders are totally, they have stripes and they're fuzzy, totally different. It's like, it, that was not very good. They didn't know the difference between a recluse. Like, so why did I hire this guy? So then, uh, but I guess he seemed like he kind of knew he was, he at least knows how to treat the fucking things. Like, he may not know how to identify them when they're babies. Okay, fine, I guess. But I feel like that's kind of like, I feel like he should at least know the difference between a recluse and a fucking wolf spider. And also, he should probably know that maybe it's not dead just because it's on a glue trap. 
I was like, because he told me, hey, so yeah, when they're babies, when they're that small, they actually are more dangerous. That's when they don't know how to control their venom. So if you get bit by that, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna get like a huge fucking wound. Uh, and I was like, really, even that? He was like, well, not that. It's that one's dead. And I was like, what makes you so sure about that, buddy? I just caught it last night. I didn't say that, of course. I just fucking passively was just like, <laughs> yeah, right, okay, but what, what about, what is that? I just fucking was very polite. But in my head, I'm like, damn, this guy fucking is not acting the way I would think an expert on this would act. Anyway, but he seems like he knows, knows enough about him. Um, <laughs> except for how to identify them and, and if they're dead. But, you know, I'm used to kind of knowing more about things, uh, about, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm, I guess I'm getting used to knowing more about the thing that I'm hiring somebody to do for me. It's been that way with many things that I've hired people for, and I guess that's just part of being high IQ. I don't know, it's part of being a Jew with a high IQ. It's just like once I hired a lawyer and he he gave me information that I didn't agree with because it went against something that I looked, I just knew that it wasn't right. And like it turned out it wasn't. And like, you know, they're not going to be like, oh, sure, I'm, you're better than me at my own job that I charge $450 an hour for. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, I'll see you next week. I'll send you the, the invoice next week. Yeah, they don't usually like act that way. They don't like usually like say that. But I'm I'm pretty good at like research and stuff. I'm pretty good at like finding out shit. So yeah, I'm pretty good. I know what a fucking recluse looks like. And I did show him a picture of the adult, the one that I first discovered and talked about a couple months ago. I showed him a picture of that one, the adult, and he was like, "Yeah, that one is definitely a recluse." I was like, "Okay, thank fuck." Because if he said that was like a wolf spider. I would have got. I would have told him to get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> anyway, so they're gonna treat them. Um, and he said the house is pretty well sealed. He's like, "This is a really, really nice, really well sealed house." So you're actually, I don't know. There's not that much that has to be fixed. They just have to fucking lay down the chemicals like every four months, every three months. You know, it's not that expensive. Hundred. It's like 150 bucks for the first one and then 75 That sounds too cheap to be true, but so it's probably more than that because nothing's that cheap these days. Nothing's that cheap these days, man. Anyway, so that's the update on the brown recluse. Haven't been bitten by one except for right here. I do have a tiny little weird little dot that I, I don't know what else it could be than some kind of insect or arachnid bite, but it's not necrotic. Um... But knowing what I know, you know, I do believe him when he, when he said uh, that they can't control their venom. So anytime I'm walking in this house without sock, when I'm just barefoot, I'm pretty much risking my, my feet. I'm risking the health of my, the well-being of my feet if the lights are off. That's, what, that's pretty dumb to do. Yeah, but it's something, you know, it feels pretty, like, cool to, like, be amongst something that could inflict that much of a wound on me and just not even being that traumatized by it. 
Because when it first started happening, when I first started seeing them accumulate in these traps, which it actually turned out to be the case, they actually did start showing up en masse in traps. Um, I guess I slowly started to get desensitized to them. And when I saw that one that was pretty much almost on my body, I obviously freaked out for a couple seconds, but then, you know, after it got caught, it didn't take long for me to go back to being normal. It's like, yep, that's just another brown recluse. It's not even the first one that I saw that day. You know? So it's fucking, I guess I'm just becoming more of a man. Because nobody likes a fucking man that can't handle, you know, gnarly shit. Like spiders, I don't know, you know? Like shit that takes fucking ball. Like shit that people don't want to deal with. It just takes fucking grit. And you just fucking have to do it. Because somebody has to do it. And you don't have to complain about it. Because I ain't gonna fucking make you look any better. That's what a man is. A man is someone that just fucking deals with something absolutely horrifying and doesn't complain. They just go, yep, I dealt with that. And then that's what makes women fucking wet, is a man that takes care of gnarly shit. It's like, how the fuck did you deal with something so fucking disgusting? Well, because I'm a fucking man. All right, you get it. So I'm a fucking man. If I saw a big one, I would absolutely freak out right now. Like I, I would still freak the fuck out if I saw a big one. Not really. I mean, you know, it's just that they're so fucking creepy, man. Like these fucking brown recluse, when you see them walk, just by the way they walk and the way that their legs are fucking like inward, the way that they're like segmented and like fucking skinny and like there's nothing about them that's appealing and jumping spiders are like dessert compared to those. Like when I see a jumping spider, like which are pretty damn big, like they're pretty big. It's like, oh, it's a friend. You you could come in my house. Actually, I probably would not. I wouldn't want it in my house because. But I like seeing the jump. I don't know. Actually, fuck jumping spiders. Fuck all spiders. I don't. I actually just. I don't actually like any spiders. But I'm becoming more open to the idea of not wanting to eradicate the entire genus of arachnids because it's not just spiders that I fucking hate. It's all not even just arachnids. It's all alth- uh, arthropods. This includes lobsters, crayfish, roly-polies. Anything that is the same thing as a bug. Anything that dis- that is the parent. Arthropods are bugs. It doesn't matter if it's a sea creature. Like people joke about how lobsters are like the roaches of the sea. Well, yeah, they, they are. They're literally insects. There's nothing about them that's not. They're just big insects. Um, they have the exact same uh, autonomy as the small kind, which is scaled up. So I don't like eating uh, crayfish. I don't fuck with that shit. I don't fuck with crab. Those things have the same body parts as spiders. I'm not interested. And I'm sure a spider would taste great if it was big enough to cook, you know? So I'm supposed to eat that shit just because it tastes good? Nah, fucking 
The aesthetics is unpleasing, and I, and I don't fuck with that shit. Cows are beautiful. That's why I eat them. Okay, we already touched on comedy a little bit about how most people are really like not don't have that ability to produce comedy because it is so rare, man. Anyway, uh, but I don't have much of an update on what I'm doing comedy wise. I guess I did feel like I was ready to kind of get back into it. I had this nice eagerness i re- i came up with i don't know 20 minutes of open mic material like just in one night i just came up with like a nice sequel i just got in this fucking writer's mood where i just couldn't stop that's how that's how that's my style of writing i guess i'm starting to actually think of myself as somebody who has a style of writing which is fucking like pretentious as fuck but like I've been doing it for 10 years, so I guess that's when it becomes kind of acceptable to claim that you you have one of those. And mine is to pretty much get into a manic state. And this could take, I don't know what catalyzes it, usually some sort of substance or state of mind that causes me to have this lack of fatigue. And uh, I have a rushing brain that comes, that has this, I just get into this fucking uh, like flow state where I'm coming up with shit faster than I could write it down, and I'm sure there's other people who've experienced this. Like, you know, but most comics that I talk to, they're usually writing pretty much like they try to like write every. They say you gotta write every day, even when you don't want to. But I don't really enjoy coming up. I don't like really enjoy the process of writing. I only do it when I'm in such a manic state that it's compulsory to write down the shit I'm thinking of because it's so fucking clever that I like I might I don't want to like not record it because I'm gonna forget. I literally can't think of any of the fucking premises that I'm talking about that could equate to twenty minutes of open mic material potentially that's the that's roughly how much it feels like i accumulated just in that one session because of the quality like you could tell if what you're writing is of quality just by how it feels when you think of it because it feels so fucking fresh and new because it's birthed from this state of hyper creativity that you know Nobody else has ever fucking thought about that, has ever had this joke before, which also sounds fucking pretentious, but in some cases, it's true. Um, so that's how I write. I get into a manic state, and I get into this flow state where it pours out, and some of it is obviously bullshit. A lot of it is high quality material that ends up in my act and never leaves because it's evergreen and always funny. Um, and it just wouldn't have been possible to produce that level of creative content. If I was not in a highly weird, like, like weird induced mental state that is uncommon. Like it's not easy to get into that state. Uh, I used to be able to get into it 
a little easier when I was younger, just because I was, I don't know, more excited about it, I guess. I was more excited to like t- for the next day. I don't know. As you get older, shit gets old. Sh- shit gets old. I was able to get into this state earlier in my open mic career by uh, just, you know, drinking a bunch of booze and smoking some weed. And I would play guitar in my mom's basement before I moved out. Um, I would just get super high and drunk, play some guitar, sing some songs into my iPhone, and that would wake up the the creative juices. The, The flow state would awaken. It takes a while. It doesn't just happen in two minutes. It takes like sometimes hours. But then it just builds up, and it's like you reach new tiers of creativity. It's like you start getting a little creative, and then a couple hours later, you're still going. You're still pumping out these fucking jokes. One, or, one not after the other, but multiple at the same time. You think of one. It's like, okay, fuck. I got to remember that. I got to just write that down exactly as you thought it. But then another one pops up before I could even finish writing the first one down. And if that ain't creativity, I don't know what is. You got to have an abundance of it if you want to find even a tiny bit of quality material because of course when you boil it down all that crude so-called you know it's not material but just uh you know notes i call them yeah just notes could boil down into you know not that much material a couple minutes maybe at the very most a couple minutes to be real for like a show Open mic material is what I'm, by that I just mean, like, yeah, it would work at an open mic without fleshing it out because, okay, it's funny enough to work at an open mic, but it doesn't mean it's finished and ready for, like, a show that people pay, like, 30 bucks a ticket for. So anyway, so that's how I do it. Uh, I have no idea what I came up with. I had something to do with Jews and how they're worthy of, being anti-Semitic towards, which is pretty much every joke I've written in the past two years, three years, but it's a new take on it. And also gay, hating on gays, new take on that. I'm getting better at it. I'm not getting better at not being homophobic. I'm being better at expressing my homophobia in a way that other people accept and admire. Like, for example... I was watching the, the, the live feed for ACL, which is a music festival. And I was, as soon as I started watching the feed, I heard one of these, this audience member uh, just be, like say something gay in a gay accent. And for some reason, it just caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting it. Like I was tuning in to watch a specific performer and only that performer, not some random person in the audience that was happened to be close enough to the microphone of the camera. I don't know how the hell that works. Why would the microphone be by the camera? Shouldn't it be closer to like just the... Shouldn't it be coming from the mixer board or something? I don't know. But... It was the most generic gay accent, like, oh, Carol, oh, Carol, like, it was just the most exact same accent that you've heard since 1990, or, like, you know, um, and I think that's what 
bothered me about it. Not that he was gay, just that he was gay in such a flamboyant cornball way that it's like, I didn't need to fucking see that. It's not, it's like, get out of here. It's not what I fucking needed. I didn't need to know that that was there. That like, ugh. Like, like that's what I'm, that's just not, and you know, that's of course, that, that is like a homophobic thought to have. It's like, oh, I guess, ugh, why is there like a gay guy in the feed? It's like, it's like, not that I, you know, I thought I was, I thought I had no problem with gay people before this. But as soon as I heard that, it's like, oh, maybe I don't like them. Ugh. Maybe I don't like them. But I thought about it more. And it's really just that I just don't like that really fucking like hack accent that people have. And it's not just gay people that I'm talking about. Just any fucking dialect or accent. All I wanted to do was watch uh, fucking Carly Rae Jepsen as a straight male from the comfort of my home. And I get subject to the most... Anyway, it was worse than that even. So I thought about it. And it's really just that I don't like that cheesy fucking grating accent. If you're just gay but you talk normal and you don't just copy other people's way of talking, then I, I'm fine with it. You could do whatever. You could be gay. I like dicks. I even like dicks. I don't want to suck them, but I don't really like get offended by them Like in the right context. I think they look better than some vagina. Like, a lot of penises look way look better. Like, they're round. They have like a nice aesthetic to them. They're, they, they're, they taper off at the end. You know, there's like a battering ram. It's just pleasant to look at. It's like a, it's like a silo. I don't know. So I don't hate gay people. I just didn't. I just guess I guess I hate um, some. <laughs> no. But I just hate like people who just do the same shit as other people. Like they, they just they, they just absorb these social mores, these norms that, that to not to blend in. They just fucking fit in. Women are really good at it. Women uh as a species are more um conformist than men. And I guess there is data on this. I don't know. On risk taking. Excuse me. Sorry. I usually don't. Sorry. I hate it. Sorry. I'll let it that out. Anyway, women are good at conforming to societal expectations, blah. I don't know why, but they are, and they prefer to blend in or at least verbally. I mean, let's face it. They like to blend in. In, in in every way possible. They, they don't like... There's not a lot of women that like to, like, stand out for some reason. I don't know. Like, they all wear the same fucking shit. They all are the same. They, they all travel in packs, and, like, not any one of them seems different than the other. None of them stand out. They're just like, okay, that one would be the one I would fuck. That one would be the one I would marry. I wouldn't fuck her, but I would marry her. 
Anyway, uh, they're better at like copying ways of speaking. I wish we could go back to the 50s when women just talked like how they talk in old time movies and like in radio with that transatlantic accent. That was way better than what the, the fucking vocal fry shit going around now. It's like, okay, we're and today we're going to down, down. How do they do it? I'm trying to f- give you an example of the most, the fucking banal, um, like, accent that, like, professional, that not just anyone can use, that just they steal, and it's so fucking boring, and it's one of the reasons why women aren't funny. I was going to say as funny as men, but, like, that's being a little bit generous. I mean, let's just say, let's just call it, let's just call a spade a spade. They're not funny compared to fucking anybody. Of course they're not funny compared to men, but they're definitely not, they're not funny compared to fucking anything. They're less, they're not funny. And part of it is because they, they, they're, they're, they're fucking, they're the same, they're, they're samey. Like when a woman goes on stage, you don't expect something weird to happen. You don't expect them to have like a cool take on, like they don't have like, a funny, like, random... Of course, there's exceptions, and there's some funny, like, zany women that are, like, eccentric and have a... that actually I would consider funny. I'm making sweep... I'm making, like, almost sweeping generalizations. I'm sweeping except for a few dust bunnies. But, you know, the living room is pretty much going to be free of any dust, in my opinion. If we're talking about if women are funny, so anyway, that was a pleasant thing. That was not, that's going to win a lot of people over. I don't know why I even got on that subject. I guess I just like to talk shit sometimes about reality and how it's, how reality is not always fair. Anyway, so that's the comedy update. I guess I'm booked for a show on the fifteenth, so I guess I got to follow. I guess I got to find out if the show is indeed occurring because i was booked a couple of months ago and i had i uh quit comedy since then so i gotta <laughs> i gotta make sure they still even want me i'll call them i'll message the guy i'll tell him uh hey i know they do you remember they i so is this show still going first of all okay second question is it okay that i quit comedy can i still do it okay yeah i'll just Get out of retirement just for that one show. Yeah, maybe it'll make me want to do more. I don't know. Yeah, so I'm not going to practice. <laughs> not going to practice. I'm just going to go up there and be confident. And I'll probably do better than most of the other people on the show because uh, this is Austin, Texas. Not exactly the most talented place for comedy. Holy crap, am I an asshole? But it's true. I could just go up there, fucking wing it. <laughs> And they won't even fucking care. Who gives a fuck if you're winging it? Just be funny. Have confidence. Confidence is great. It's better to err on the side of confidence than than to not be confident. It's better to be overconfident than underconfident, I think. Because even if you're cocky and overconfident, people still kind of want that in their back pocket like they want it in their team 
Um, for example, Trump. He is extremely egotistical and arrogant and narcissistic and uh, confident. He's not always right about anything about everything he says. I don't know if really anything he says has been right. Doesn't matter. That's not why people like him. They like him because he's confident. He he fucking wins. He's not exactly a loser as much as he calls other people losers. Pretty paradoxical. Pretty funny that somebody that's not a loser is calling other people losers. It's usually losers that call other people losers. No, this guy's like one of the most successful people. You know, top 100,000th most pop, like successful person of all time. And he calls people losers on a regular basis. There's something about that I like. There's something about that that you want that person on your team, even though they're, they're a narcissist. Why wouldn't you want somebody to, to take that, to, that looks good? Like, not that he doesn't look good all the time, but like, he wins. <laughs> I don't know. And it's not like I have to explain why people like Trump. I mean, if you're watching this, you probably like, you probably at least voted for him. Doesn't mean you like him just because you voted for the guy. He was just the better option. It's like either a narcissist billionaire or a decrepit Alzheimer's patient who fucking molests kids. Okay, yeah, which one should I pre- um and that's going really great. If I voted for Biden, I would f- be pretty embarrassed with <laughs> I would be like apologizing to Trump supporters. I would be going to bumfuck Idaho and I would look for the closest Trump flag and I would ring the doorbell of that person's house and I would apologize. I would go, "Hey, I'm just here to let you know that I noticed that you have a Trump flag. And these past two years have indicated that he would have probably been a little bit of better of an option. Maybe the economy wouldn't be the way it is. Maybe there wouldn't be a war. <laughs> Maybe uh, a lot of other things wouldn't have happened. Afghanistan. Um, I don't know. Just all these like domestic supply chain issues. Why is uh, food... Twice as expensive as uh, as it was a year ago. Expensive. Um, I would say that to them. I would say, I voted for Biden, and I'm here to um, get my punishment. Like, make, uh, what do you, what's the, atonement. I'm here to receive my atonement. And I would, I would proceed to strip my clothes and just walk into the nearest main city into this main street of the town and just walk and have people pelt you know crap at me and barf and vomit and uh piss and vinegar as i walk naked and in shame and people would be jerking off in front of me you know anyway uh yeah not that and i've told that to people like because when i was like vocally uh, uh supporting trump in 2020, people, like, it comes up. They're like, oh, man, this this election, I can't wait for uh, for Trump to get out of office. Don't Can't you not wait for that, too, Tim? <laughs> and I would go, uh, yeah, sure, no, speak for yourself. No, I, 
No, of course not. He's better than, are you kidding me? I think it's the sane option to vote for Trump. I feel like it's kind of like not that more insane. I feel like it's kind of like half and half. It's pretty much just as insane to vote for him than, than Biden. How is he less? And whatever. It's not worth even rehashing this because the people that get into these debates are the dumbest people. Like at least they make me feel like they're dumb. They just can't handle anything that involves logic. Like they go, oh man, Trump is so bad. He, he introduced all those tax cuts for corporations, man. That's so bad. And I was like, why? Like, well, because of, because of corporate greed. How do you not see how that's a, what are, you, what are you, a Republican or something? You don't see how corporate tax cuts are fucking ba- evil? Are you fucking a Republican? Oh, yeah, but how's, how are they evil? Because of corporate greed, man. Corporations are just people, man. It's just people hoarding money. And if you tax them less, they're going to just have more wealth being hoarded. Not going to anyone else. I go, oh, is that how it works? Is that how corporations work? They don't pay their employees. They just pay their employees the most, the minimum. So they don't care about like, you know, getting quality work from their employees. They don't want to like make sure that they're properly compensated. You don't think a tax cut would allow them to pay their employees more, maybe hire more employees. Maybe that would help unemployment. Maybe it did. Maybe that's why their like unemployment was like super low. Because like maybe that's why. Like yeah, no, that you're right. Yeah, no, unemployment's low because of Obama. Corporations are greed, greedy. I was like, yeah, but that, what did I? What about what I just said about like how it frees up more capital to spend on uh, employees. And then that's where the conversation usually ends. Is go no, that's okay. Okay, bye. Like simple logic versus um, indoctrination and uh, dogmatic bigotry. Wow, I'm getting so fucking good at shutting people down. I'm not even. I don't even need them to be in the room for me to shut them down. I just slam dunked two hundred thousand talking points, or the combined talking points of. 200,000 people, but it's actually the same talking point. But that's how fucking good I am at arguing with liberals. They don't even need to be here. I already know what they're going to (laughs) say. They don't know what I'm going to fucking say. They always try. Like, oh, you like this, so you must like this. It's like, well, that's not how that's actually uh, not how everybody thinks. (laughs) Yeah, you probably think a certain way, and that means you also think this way because it's a framework. It's a patchwork that you subscribe to that you cannot break away from as soon as one of the fucking patches fall out the whole thing goes away like if you just say oh yeah i'm a liberal but i uh don't believe in i don't think we should be uh allowing late stage abortion or some shit like that um what's a better example like uh Liberal, like I'm liberal, but I don't think we should let everybody into the country just for showing up, just because I don't think we should just have open borders, which is the least controversial thing. That's a good example, I think. 
but it's still so... Yeah, no, it's a great example, because most liberals would never fucking endorse that. They would never say the common sense thing. Yeah, we should enforce the borders. That's what a country is. The definition of a country is a landmass separated by borders. I th a nation involves borders, I think. So anyway, of course we should enforce um, immigration laws. But uh, if a liberal says that, they're no longer a liberal. They're like a Nazi. <laughs> Just for wanting the, the, uh, the whole point of a country to be a thing. So it, it's like, did I gain IQ points or did the whole world just lose about 55? Because I'm pretty sure you don't have to be a genius to come up with what I just said. Um, okay, I think that's enough on the political front. One more thing. Okay, so I got a text from some Beto fucking rando automated text message saying, uh, Hey, you gonna vote for Beto? Beto is gonna introduce all these communist things. Like increasing the minimum wage and expanding Medicaid. I don't give a fuck about those things. I responded and I said, is he going to do anything about the getting insane, incompetent drivers off the road and investing in uh, public transit instead of more inefficient highways? Which I think is a pretty valid question for the governor to be asked. Uh, but they, they didn't respond. So I don't think I'm going to be voting for Beto. But I, could, I might, actually, because, you know, this Abbott guy is such an old-school fucking crusty piece of shit. He's not exactly, like, a forward thinker, and I don't see him, like, doing anything good, except for maybe the, the legacy things that I guess are still kind of valuable that only Republicans uphold, like immigration, laws and other laws that already exist that are usually upheld only by Republicans or at least promoted by Republicans. You don't see liberals promoting peace and uh, law and order is what I meant. Law and order, you know. So am I going to vote for Beto? Maybe. I mean, it's like a Democrat in a Republican state can only do so much damage, you know. So it's not that crazy. I know it sounds insane coming from me to say I'm going to vote after ripping on gay people to say I'm going to vote for one of them. But I'm a smart person. I've thought this out. And, and you know, just because I leaned one way one time doesn't mean I'm leaning that way all the time. It's like that's the difference between smart people who actually know how to craft their own views on shit and just people who just want to press a button press the subscribe button and not actually use their head. It's just a club. It's just, okay, I'm in this club. Okay, this is the rules. Don't break these rules. It's not about thinking. Thinking, no, nah, it's for fucking racist people. Anyway, so I'm a racist because I think. Um, and that's it. I'm smart enough. It's, not even about, it's just like openness. It's not about being smart. It's like, it is a little bit about, it obviously it correlates with intelligence to be open-minded enough to change your mind about things that you used to think before very, very, uh, very, uh, you know, like I used to be a pretty strong liberal. I used to think what people think now, 20 years ago, um, when I first started getting into like politics and like being like, okay, Democrats are probably 
the ones I uh, most support. It's because they seem like they're more future, scientific. They're more scientific. Uh, they they were not as. Uh, uh, yeah, not, I didn't like anything about Republicans. I was afraid of them because they actually like did hard work. They actually like went to war. They actually like raised families, and that shit sounded way too real for me. I was like, no, I just want to smoke pot and be a fucking loser. <laughs> so I'm probably a Democrat, I thought, and I was. And that, at that time, it probably wasn't that unreasonable to be a fucking Democrat. I mean, Obama it was pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know if he did anything good, but like, same with Trump. I don't even know what the fuck he did. He, he, caught, he, he signed a couple peace deals in the Middle East and like North Korea, like something like that, but I don't fucking care. I don't care about the politics. I care about like how coolly, how funny he is on stage. Can he can he command a room? And so that's enough on politics. Let's get let's do a finance update. Okay. So we are currently in a recession caused by Donald Trump, the forty fifth president of the United States. He single handedly is responsible for the economic economic climate and the chip shortage, and rape, and murderous people in the streets. He's responsible for uh, people that sell... uh... Anyway, I don't think I would vote for Trump uh, if if, uh, Hillary runs again. If Hillary runs against Trump, of course I'm voting for Hillary. Out of irony, dude, that'd be hilarious. Not that you have to vote anymore. Everything's automated now. It's just like, okay, we decided. Like, of course, I can't. I don't believe. I don't know if I believe in like the widespread, you know, conspiracy against the uh, election results. But something about it definitely seemed fishy. Like he couldn't even win Georgia. There's something fishy going on if he couldn't even win Georgia. Like, there's no way. That wasn't, and didn't, wasn't there tapes of like a lot of really, really influential people, like super powerful billionaire people and Nancy Pelosi, like saying that we got to do something to prevent him from being elected. And like, you know, so I don't know. I'm just saying like something about it just seems fishy. And he, you know, he's an old motherfucker, dude. Like he just, he's old. So I hope somebody more interesting shows up. Like DeSantis, he's cool. He's obviously the popular one. But something about him doesn't seem right to me. He seems too robotic. He his person like he's never smiling. He's always like, "Yeah, I'm a serious politician. I'm actually doing the job. I'm actually doing what people want me to do. Fuck you. I'm not going to smile." Uh, you know. But so I don't like that about him. I don't like that he takes his job seriously. You're not supposed to do that in politics. Trump was not serious. Are you kidding me? Um, like polit- Yeah, I'm gonna vote for a politician. No, I want to vote for a random dude who just happens to decide to be a politician for for fun. I want to vote for somebody who does it for a living. The most fake job. Just being fake is your job. Nobody who becomes a politician cares about policy. It's all about power. Power. 
not policy. You think Bernie Sanders actually gives a fuck about fucking <laughs> medicine, like uh, free health care, socialized health care, and uh, the wealth gap? You think he gives a fuck? No, he wants, he's fucking, wants power, dog. Same with that. I mean, come on. You can't look, you can't see through that shit. He's, he's, who cares, he's like 90 years old. Anyway, finance update. We're still in a recession caused by Donald Trump. Which I already said, which I already, just to reiterate. And so what rich people do during a uh, super like bearish time in the market is we, we get excited actually because we're already rich so we don't give a fuck that it's down. It's like, okay, we you know, we already got rich last year, so now everything's on sale. It's the time to buy shit at a fucking discount. So when it goes back up, we'll get even richer. And it takes absolutely no thought. takes no effort. You just buy as the prices go down. You just keep buying. If it goes down more, hey, great. I guess that's even more of a discount. You never really freak out that it's going down if you're already kind of like figured out the game if you already figured out the wealth game all being wealthy is is just figuring out where to allocate your assets like okay should i inject should i deploy some of my fucking money into this mutual fund or should i put it into i don't know fucking oil or some or gold or some shit like that all being rich is is that just being like okay where should i put my money now to minimize risk and to maximize return because once you're fucking rich your money will work for you and you will never have to work you just live off the dividends and you don't touch the fucking principal you only take you only skim off from the top you don't touch the the ossified bone that makes it what it is that's irreplaceable that's for life and death anyway so finances are going great recession recession <laughs> keep buying cheap low expense index funds you don't have to fucking buy individual companies that takes a lot of time and research to figure out the exact time to buy and sell them there's so many other ways to make money in the stock market besides just buying and holding but the the laziest and most uh consistent way to do it with big amounts of money like once you hit a several million dollars do you really have to trade anymore no you just buy and sell low high. you just buy low sell high once you hit the $10 million, $50 million mark. Do you really have to make these high-risk trades? I mean, you're going to be making good money just by the average return of the market. So it just becomes so much easier. Unless you have a radio show where you defame people for a school shooting claiming that it didn't actually happen and you have your fans harass the people whose kids were killed in a fucking school shooting, then you might lose every little fucking penny. <laughs> so just don't do that. Like this right here that I'm doing now, there's absolutely no positive that could come out of it. It could only hurt me. I don't, like, yeah, some people might like it and follow it and be my fan, but like, 
financially, it could only ruin me if I say something defaming, defamatory about somebody, which I, which I, of course, I like to do. I, I mean, you know, I probably have done it on this very episode, maybe. And so, I think that's a good place to, to cover the to 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 stop on the finance update. Chris Rock, I saw a clip of Chris Rock opening for Red Hot Chili Peppers in at the Apollo. Very weird, very strange. It's like the only reason they had him is because he's black, obviously. He's a black comic. That's what the Apollo is kind of famous for, right? Def, Def Jam or Def Comedy Jam? Is that what it's called? I don't know. But uh, it was just weird. Like, okay, it's just, okay, Chris Rock is opening for the for a very white band. Um, and he, it was awkward because he, the microphone stand was in front of him because he had his own microphone, but there was another microphone stand with a mic in it in front of him. So it was, it looked like he was an open mic. I was like, is that even Chris Rock? Like, yeah, I guess it is. It sounds like him. And he did one joke about the queen, like being dead. Like she died of the dinner. That would be a 94. I don't know. I can't do Chris Rock, but like I could do a generic black guy and it got barely a laugh. And then he was like, well, anyway, here's red hot chili peppers. And it's like, damn, how, how, why the fuck is Chris Rock doing that kind of gig? He's doing a fucking in, he's doing warm up for, for the red hot chili peppers, a band from 40 years ago. I don't know when they're, they were, they were big in the nineties, whatever, eighties, nineties, two thousands. It's crazy how they're still popular, man. Cause like, they're not that fucking good. Like they're good, but they play the same fucking songs they've been playing for thirty years. I guess it's not that much. Twenty years, fifteen, twenty, whatever. All the same fucking setless. Can't stop, you know. Under the bridge, uh, other side. Uh, give it away. We've heard all these songs millions of times. And uh, they're still doing it. It's like they're in their sixties almost. Some of, one of them is in their sixties. The rest are almost in their sixties, and, the, and one of them is fifty-two. So it's they're they're pretty fucking old, and they still are fucking doing it. And that's great. And they're a good band, but like Anthony Kiedis's job is not that hard. Like when he's not in the studio recording, because that is of course that's got to be hard. But when he's on tour, it's really just the showing up to the venue that's probably the hard part. One, like his actual job of performing, it looks fucking easy, dude. It looks like the most, the best job in the world. You get paid a lot of money to sing songs that you know how to sing because you wrote them, and they're easy songs to sing. I hate. I mean, not to be a dick. Like, I'm very dickish on this episode i'm very like critical to other people on this but like his he's not that it's not that hard to do that what he does he's not like that talented of a singer <laughs> wow okay i am really in a mean for holy shit i'm not like even that i'm not even like irritable i'm not even like pissed off i'm just saying mean shit to people about people so anyway adderall it makes you a better driver. If you have ADHD and you're just taking the therapeutic dose, one thing about ADHD that I learned 
is that you could test if somebody has ADHD just by how they drive a fucking car. You could put them in a simulator, and if they are, have trouble like staying in their lane, if they like you know have to keep like fucking correct course correcting, that is a way to detect ADHD. That's fucking crazy. I didn't know that. I thought ADHD was just paying attention. I didn't think it had anything to do with motor skills. Um, turns out that's all it, that's it. It just has to do with motor ability, motor function, like motor, uh, the fuel that causes you to move your body around. That's it. It's a, it's like a problem with like performance and locomotion. So you could tell yourself, I'm going to stay perfectly in the lane, but you can't because you have ADHD. So you're always like, kind of like, oh, fuck, I'm kind of, swear, I'm kind of slightly, I got a course correct like every fucking second. And that takes a lot of fucking meant like effort to do every time you drive, especially road trips, road trips. Can't imagine. So AD, uh, Adderall. I started taking it, and it makes me a better driver. I could just stay perfectly in my lane without any effort. It's like magic. It's like all of a sudden, just one hand on the wheel. I'm like, oh, sh I'm just not, I'm just locked into the middle of my lane. I thought, I thought that um, I don't know. I didn't know it. I thought it was that hard for everybody to stay in their lane. I didn't realize that for most people, it's just the it's just like going like that. So I yeah. So I guess I uh, have ADHD after. I guess I have it. And so I started uh, on Adderall. A week, you know, less than a week ago. As soon as I got it, I didn't take it as soon as I got it because I was not in the mood to be up for twenty four hours. But I took it the next day. Probably, yeah, I took it at night, I think. I don't know fucking when I took it. Who cares? I took a tiny dose. I took half what I was prescribed, and it fucking worked. It came on very slow. So I was kind of like, yeah, it's not doing anything. I'm just, it's just, I'm totally still just as, just as uh, immobile and like foggy, fatigued. I just wanted to just go back to lie in bed, not to sleep. Cause that's not, that. Po I can't sleep. Um, until I am extremely tired. I have chronic fatigue, uh, yeah, chronic fatigue and insomnia. So if I'm going to bed, it's, it's, it's usually not to sleep. It's just because I have no energy to do anything else but lie in bed and read shit on my phone, just shit that takes absolutely no effort. So that slowly lifted, and the fatigue was uh completely removed after about 30 minutes i think i was like oh shit i'm no longer i'm completely awake not like uh in a, like a stimmy like not in like a high strung you know i just felt like calm and balanced and uh normal and it was fucking amazing and i started just cleaning up shit around the house i swept out my garage and I just felt how exactly it was described to me when I saw other people talk about how it feels. All the shit that you are stressed about, it just melts away. You just feel like, yeah, I can handle that. That's no problem. And you just you just get relaxed. That's how you know it's working is because you feel this fucking 
like relief and just relaxation. Um, you don't have to take that much. It's a commonly over-medicated drug, over-prescribed drug. Um, overdose, the doses is way too high for most people. The doctor gave me 20 milligrams a pill, and that is way too much for me. I took about five milligrams, and I am, and that was enough to give me the benefits. I wasn't like, I didn't feel high. I just felt normal. I can't f emphasize that what you're really after with this medicine is not to get high. It's not to be like, yeah, I'm on Adderall. I'm going to fucking get shit done. No, it's to feel normal. It's to regulate your emotions and your behavior and your ability to be a person. It allows you to modulate your emotions. You just feel normal. I can't really explain it any better than that. It's not about adding anything. It's about removing the negativity. It's about getting you back to baseline, how normal people feel neurotypical people and I felt myself just becoming alive I felt my I was able to just be outside and sweep out my garage and just not feel exposed and not be self-conscious of people looking at me like oh look at this weirdo who is this guy sweeping who's who lives here this is weird short no I was totally calm I wasn't like hyperactive like Oh, I gotta get every little bit of dust. I wasn't like OCD, like AD, like Adderall can sometimes make you. No, I was reasonably medicated. I only swept out enough to make it be like, okay, job is done. You can go back in now. Don't have to be crazy. Don't have to go crazy here. So it was fucking good. It lasted a long time. And yeah, I, t I take five milligrams. You don't want to take this fucking drug beyond the therapeutic dose because it is, it fucking, it fucking works. It doesn't matter what you're treating. It doesn't matter if it's ADHD, autism, boredom. It, tr it, it fucking is the most effective drug in the world. One of them. Like, if there's a solution for ADHD, Adderall is the solution um, for at least a little while. The problem is people take too much and they start up in their dose because their body adjusts to it. And it if you take too much of a dose, your body's going to have adverse reactions. If, you're going to feel like a zombie. So that is over-medicated, and you're also going to have a, a really bad crash that's only going to get worse and worse as you become more dependent on it. And it's really uh, good to educate myself by watching people who've decided Adderall wasn't for them after they've kind of been on it for many years, and they realize that um, they were doing more harm than good in the end because they're taking too much the problem like the thing about it since it's so effective since it helps so much the temptation to take it every day is pretty strong to like it's really easy to go to bounce to feel it wear off 
and you feel pretty bad. You feel almost worse. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say I felt worse after it wore off. Like today, like right now, I'm not on Adderall. It wore off, but uh, I'm fine. I don't feel like I'm crashing because I only took five milligrams. So you don't want to up the up the dose, but if I can maintain a low dose. I would, that would be great. I, the problem is, I don't think it's fucking possible. I think I'm going to get addicted to it because it's too good to just be like, okay, yeah, I don't need it today. It's like, well, you kind of do though. If it makes you able to do things that you couldn't do it otherwise, yeah, you kind of, you kind of need it, don't you? And then when it wears off, it's like, well, what, what now? I can't do anything productive for the rest of the day, so you got to take more. So that's the hard part about this drug. It's like the long-term navigating of this disease. Like it's not going to go, ADHD is not going to go away. So anyway, so Adderall is good for now. It's almost too good to be, I'm in the honeymoon phase of, uh, you know, so I got to watch out for that. You know, I, I know, I, under, I have full awareness that I will eventually get a tolerance if I take even a little bit more than I did. So... Because when you're fucking with a chemical that increases dopamine, you're basically on the path of self-destruction, potentially. It's a slippery slope because what is the most abused drugs? It's the ones that produce dopamine. Maybe not heroin. I don't know what the fuck heroin does. I don't think it's just dopamine. I think it just feels a fucking amazing. But I don't know if that's dopamine. But anyway, but cocaine, crack, meth... Uh, MDMA, cannabis, all produce dopamine, and that's why people love fucking with them. Cannabis is obviously the most mundane or banal or benign out of the above. Uh, MDMA, not so good. Like you really burn out. You really can over like fuck up your brain for at least a little while. It might take. A, it might go back to normal, but like. I heard just somebody on YouTube, this guy who's like a poly, he called, hi, I'm a recovering poly addict. I've been addicted to this and meth and this, but Adderall was my drug of choice for about five years. I don't know. And that really was his biggest, uh, like most harmful uh, drug of choice that he was on, Adderall. The shit that they give to kids because he was like taking it obviously for recreation and he got, he was addicted to it and he loved it. He said it was great <laughs> when it was working, but then the come downs became so bad that it was even worse than the comes down, than the come downs from meth. He, he so I'm going to switch to meth if possible. Meth is way better because it has less side effects and it lasts longer. So that'd be amazing to be on that. There's other ones like Vivance, maybe, might be one to consider, but you need one that doesn't last that long. You need the long extended release and you also need the, the instant release because you want to be able to take enough to only get you through the next few hours, maybe. You don't want to take something that's going to last the whole fucking day if you wake up late. So you kind of need to have these little, uh, extra little, uh, tricks it's not a trick whatever it's a, it's gonna be tough it's just i know it's gonna be tough 
because it makes you better at everything. There's a reason people fucking adi- abuse these fucking drugs, dude. Adderall will get you fucking insanely high if you fucking snort it. If you gr- if you grind it up and snort it or inject it, yeah, you're going to get fucking blitzed. And yeah, you're going to get addicted to that feeling because it's first of all the most euphoric feeling in the world and second of all you feel more functional on it and you are more functional because dopamine not functional let's not use the word functional to describe meth heads but it but it does it's the same fucking thing though it's the same drug it's just that you're not addi- you're not abusing it you're getting the same effects but you're using it for mm, legitimate reasons you're not using it just to get high and throw your life away you're using it to do anything literally just to live your life and that's where i'm at but since i since that's so all-encompassing of course i'm gonna be dependent are you kidding me of course i'm gonna become dependent on it so i'm in i'm i gotta be really really uh careful man um but I guess it's cool to know that with this uh, medicine, I might actually become something of myself. I might actually like be a thing. <laughs> I might actually be able to like share my talents with the world. Because what was stopping me from sharing my talents? Well, wanting to do the shit. Dopamine is the drug or the chemical responsible for getting your limbs to move. Without dopamine, you can't fucking move. So the more dopamine you have, the more you fucking move. That's why tweakers are called tweakers because they fucking tweak because they're overdosing on dopamine. So you're doing your body a disservice by by artificially inflating that chemical in your brain because then you're going to be inclined to do way more exertive movements than you normally would and that could be real that could be damaging to your joints and muscles and anything else that so that's why i'm standing because i am experiencing in excess of dopamine so you know i could handle it i could move around more and i sang karaoke for about 12 hours after i first Started taking it, and uh, that was fun. I burnt out my entire voice almost. But it came back just a couple days later. Just a day later, it was almost completely back. Because I rested it, and I found out that, like, a lot of singers, like, do lose their voice, even if they're professional singers. Because I'm not a trained singer. and, And a lot of, I think, professionals know how to sing properly without damaging their vocal cords. But it, I don't think so. I think a lot of them don't know how to do that because uh, Steven Tyler, he definitely abuses his voice. Yeah, he definitely doesn't sing, like, safely. He sings in a way that could rupture a blood vessel, and that's exactly what happened to him. And uh, the song, uh, whatever it's called, Dream On... You're asking for trouble if you're trying to sing that song with full force. If you're actually trying to hit the high notes in that song, it has so much power. The notes are so fucking big and wavy and like, so you have to use your full throat 
And yeah, I could see how you could blow out a fucking blood vessel in your vocal cords if you do that and you're not like doing it safely. But that's also what gives him that raspy uh vo- not just rasp, it's beyond rasp, it's like fucking like acid washed. His voice has that quality to it and and mine does too cuz I also don't know how to sing yet I do anyway for about 12 hours in one stretch and that obviously causes a lot of damage but it also makes your voice sound kind of cool because it's like more like degraded and more stylistic like John Lennon same exact thing he also did uh, irreparable damage to his vocal cords by singing twist and shout you think that's like safe to sing like that to like literally scream at the top of your lungs in that like like he did it not the way I did it. He didn't do it with his nasal. He did it with his throat and his chest. Like he put it out, he put it all out there with reckless abandon, not giving a fuck about the health of his vocal cords. And that's what makes it sound fucking badass. But that's also why he wasn't able to continue to do with that after a while. If you listen to John Lennon's later songs, he does not sound as, as you know, cut, uh, as crystalline as he does on the earlier songs like Twist and Shout because he fucked up his voice. And same with George Harrison. He fucked up his voice too. I don't know what, I don't know how. His songs are not that crazy. They're not that intense, you know? It's like, it's like, uh, well, my guitar, gently we. Doesn't seem like that would fuck up your voice. But anyway, I'm going to continue to do that. It's fun. And I watched a clip of, of uh, Anthony Cumia singing karaoke in his basement with a, load, with like a gun. And he has a great voice. And just seeing him do that as like a 50-year-old, it's like, okay, so I got a couple more use, years of that in me where I could just sing karaoke as a 50-year-old man and still sound pretty fucking good. So give it up for... Anthony Cumia, he's an absolute treasure, underrated comedian. He didn't always call himself a comedian. He called, He's just a radio, he's a broadcaster. But he's an absolute top-tier comedian. And just the way he, like, even just the idea of, like, doing karaoke while holding a fucking gun. And he's, like, fucking, like, waving it as the emotional part of the song. He's like, like... He has the exact same sense of humor as me, it feels like. I love the guy. I hope to meet him at some point in my life. And not just like in passing, like, oh, I'm a fan. No, I want to meet him as a comic that he would also get a kick out of. That's my goal. And it's achievable now that I'm on uh, amphetamine. All I needed was a little bit of the most hardcore stimulant in the on the planet to feel normal and i feel great i'm off it right now and i still feel fine do i have the same ability as like no i'm not fully capable of doing like real work right now i'm too tired and nah actually i probably could i'm good at that i'm fine i'm warmed up but the point is is i shouldn't take a i'm not going to take a second dose 
because then I'll start developing a tolerance and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, this has been a great episode. This has been episode 48 of the program. I hope y'all are doing great. I will see y'all next week. Peace, love, and happiness.